With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie podcast tonight. I have Brian Jones from Flint Hill Catfishing. What's going on, Brian? How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing well, dude. Doing well. Appreciate you having me on. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be totally honest with you here. I do this once a week now, right? And every time I read through, for those of you listening to this on podcast, I read through and I welcome all the people that watch this live. You can go to my YouTube channel and watch this as it happens. I like to say hello to all my supporters, all the people in chat, and I'll get in this like this 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 trance of saying hello to everybody. And you know how often it is I get this close from forgetting where my guest is from or their last name or something like that. Not that it's worth forgetting. It's just me. Yours was easy to remember, Brian. I like that. Brian Jones. It's a lot easier than Mark Shibish, isn't it? The Rolling Stones. There you go. Brian Jones. Oh, now it's working. You cut out there for a minute. What did you say, Brian? I said it's the Rolling Stones, man. Brian Jones. Pretty easy to remember there. Yeah, pretty easy. How can you forget? That's uh, uh, the Stones, an epic band. Thank you, Creole Catfishing, for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you very, 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 very much. All right, Brian, let's get started here. Um Where'd you start? How'd you get into fishing? What's some of your earliest memories? I'd like to start my show off with this because fishing is such a part of our life that um, it's always good to remember where you came from. And I think uh, it's kind of like sharing uh, uh, stories around a campfire back in the day before there was television or even books or or anything like that. So I kind of like to start there. Yeah, man. Um, I love that question. And uh, when I, where I grew up, uh, they still don't have cable TV there. It's in a place called uh, Durance Neck, North Carolina, which you'll have to look hard. It's by Elizabeth City, which is one of the biggest Coast Guard bases in North Carolina. But I grew up right on the coast, and uh, there was just fishing everywhere. I, I had salt water that was 40 miles from me, and uh, I had the Albemarle Sound that I lived on. I could walk probably about a minute, and I'm in the water. So white perch, broom. You know, all kinds of stuff. Carp. There was there was lots of fishing where I grew up, and uh, I got into bass fishing after. You know, like everybody starts with brim and stuff like that. Generally, and fishing with bobbers, I started working my way up and using artificials. And I've just I've always enjoyed the thrill of something on the end of my rod. And uh, if I could catch one that was that was uh, big enough to excite me, that would keep me coming back catching nothing three or four times. But you know, but I'd keep chasing it. I loved it, man. I've always loved that. Um, and I just, my dad fished nets. He was a commercial fisherman as well as he a was. Okay. and a farmer. So he did a lot of stuff, man. But, um, like fishing and outdoor stuff because of where I lived, uh, the closest friends were about eight miles from me. So, and when you didn't have a license, all I did was run around the woods all day. So fishing rod and a rifle or a shotgun were kind of, you know, always in hand. That sounds like a heck of a way to grow up, man. I'm jealous as heck. I grew up, you know, south side and north northwest side of Chicago. We had none of that. My my idea of fishing was my grandfather babysitting me, taking me down to the uh, Kankakee River and throwing some worms out there looking for uh, 
uh, for carp or catfish or whatever. That's pretty much where I got started, but I'm very jealous of that. I do want to say thank you also to Sogo for your support. I really appreciate both you and Creel. And yes, it is a fishing with the Chad t-shirt I'm wearing in support of brother Chad today. What's going on, buddy? Uh, so any one person in general that really got you started besides, or was it just your father? Or was it the whole family in general? It's really, uh, it's kind of crazy. You know, my dad, in that season of his life, I was one of five and I was a baby. So my oldest brother, who actually was visiting me today, he's uh, he lives in Africa, in Zambia. So wow. before he went back. But um, it's interesting because my dad didn't really fish with me. He was working his butt off all the time. You know, he just didn't do it. But he'd always tell me, I mean, he did growing up. They always told me about those memories. And, you know, he kind of, I kind of showed myself, to be honest with you. I didn't, uh I didn't really know. He's like, get you some worms, but I'm on a hook and go fishing. And that's, that's what I did. I kind of figured it out. You know, magazines were all I had at that time. There wasn't any internet, you know, I was Mm -hmm. 73. So you do the math 47. (laughs) I wouldn't have internet man at the time. So I, uh, you know, I had to, I had to figure it out on my own, but like Bassmasters and all those magazines, outdoor life, fur fishing game. I mean, I lived books. That was like part of my life, man. I, I remember waiting on that information in fisherman to come every every month. I'd be running out to the to the mailbox towards the end of the month, hoping it would be there. So, yeah, I can totally relate to that. I want to I want to thank Southern Cross Tradition too again for your support. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I always I always want to. It's always hard for me to realize how to handle like super chats and stuff. I want to make sure I say thank you, but I hate interrupting my guests because you guys are so wonderful. So man, take your time and thank them, bro. That's good stuff, man. All right, thank you, thank you guys for your support. I guess I'm supposed to go boom Southern <laughs> Cross outdoor tradition without a <laughs> without stealing away from other uh, uh, channels and stuff. Uh, very cool. So, um, I take it you started bank fishing, right? I did. Um, I started out, there was a bridge near my house that was a, uh, a tidal. Um, it was like a lake, but it flowed through a channel inland that was only 15 feet wide. And then it would open up. They called it Muddy Creek Flats. It was a huge flats, tons of carp and uh, more cottonmouth and fish in there. But uh, so my dad wouldn't let me go back there until I was probably 14 or something like that by myself. But yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where I grew up, fishing from the bank. Um, out in front of my granddad's house, which was out in front of our house, right on the Outmar Sound. I uh, had a farm down there, you know, forever. Um, he had that bulkhead, and we'd go down there and sit down and just, you know, fish from the bank all the time. Cast nets. I mean, he's always throwing cast nets. I learned to catch bait when I was a kid. Man, I think I threw a cast net when I was uh, 12, the first time I threw one. And then, you know, I tangled them all up and broke them. I think my dad bought me five or six of them, and that was about it. He won't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm still doing that. How big a cast net are you using now? I'm using a 10 foot. It's 10 uh, footer. You're a better man than me, man. Man, I don't, I don't know if I'm more of a man, but my back hurts more than yours. I can tell you that because it's a uh, half inch mesh, pound and a half a foot. It's it's, uh, it's a pretty good net, but I haven't thrown it in a while. It's been, it's been a little bit since I tossed that thing. I usually go out with my buddy Dean or with Jeff or somebody, and I'll throw it off of their boats out on the lake. Uh, there I, you go. I don't right. river, man. They're too expensive to throw in that river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? Those cast sets are getting up there. They're heck on a shoulder, too. I can attest to that. As many hooks as I lose in that river, I ain't about to throw a net in there, man. It's just uh, not a good idea. That's a good idea. So do you catch most of your bait rod and reel? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, white perch is, uh, for me, is one. Uh, white perch and brim and shad, of course, uh, catch you know in the lake. We'll do thread. There's thread fin which work fine. There's a lot of thread fin in Lake Wiley. Um, there's also, and in the river. I mean, I've caught them in the river too, but I usually use my four foot one 
and I'll do that in the summer when they're around rocks and stuff, eating algae or whatever, and I can catch them. But um, on the lake, you know, I love uh, hooking line for white perch. We just kind of drop shot, you know, put a bunch of hooks in the line, drop shot for them. Uh, we'll use white perch for bait. We'll cut up and, you know, cut them up slivers and chunks, throw them out there mm-hmm. and catch white perch. Uh, so when, when, you say white, when you say white ba- uh, white perch, you're talking about white bass, what we call here in the north, right? Um, I guess. I'm not Where sure. are they different? I, I, I'm not really sure because I've lived in six different states and I don't know what to call anything anymore. So, <laughs> Epic's in the house. He could probably tell us. Epic, <laughs> if you know what it is, let us know. I also see Kevin from Palmetto Cats came in. Kevin, thank you very much. Sogo, I do want to say thank you and hello. I don't know if I missed you before. Uh, Ryan Borsch, Blue Collar Fishing, Better Late Than Ever. What's going on, Brian? Ryan, I like giving Ryan a hard time. That's my buddy. He's another kayak guy. Me and him go at it all the time, so he's a good dude. Um so you 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 drop shot for the white perch or for the yeah, most everybody on Lake Wiley that I know of that fishes for catfish anyway, they basically are are dropping a sabiki rigs or drop shot style. I you know I buy sabiki rigs from time to time, but I fish out of a kayak so much it's really hard to fish with a sabiki the size of the store bought ones mm-hmm. because you got six feet you know of of line and right, right. If, I mean that many hooks. I mean I, I've lost a lot of shirts from sabiki rigs. Um, just from getting hooks in them, but yeah, they don't don't fish easy because I can't get it up high enough to swing it out when I'm sitting in the kayaks because I'm so low to the water. Yeah, I have like two seasons worth of kayak experience. I can almost relate to that. Uh, when you got four four rods or whatever with you, I'd always fish two and have two extras. I'd I'd always come up with a mess. I'm always and I use braids, so it's like unknitting. It's like unknitting a sweater. That's, That's always a problem. Yeah, that'll make you almost suicidal when you have a tangle with four rods and three. Yeah, that'll do. It. All right, so let's take a step back. So, uh, what are your what do you consider your home waters? Home waters, uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. I mean, I've been here for around ten years now, almost. Mm-hmm. And, but I, you know, most most uh, I've lived here. I think the longest of anywhere I've moved. Yeah, we don't plan on moving now. I mean, we have five children. They kind of got roots here and built friends. And when they were younger, it's easy to move because they don't really have, you know, relationships. As much stuff. And are there friends in school and all that? I can imagine how that goes. Yeah. But I actually, when I moved here, I didn't really, I was moving, you know, for, for vocational reasons. And I did not move from Kansas City, Missouri to here. I moved mm-hmm. from Maryland to Kansas City. I, I grew up in North Carolina. But when I got here, I didn't know what kind of fishery I was moving into. And I was fishing with a plastic worm on the Catawba River. You know, trying to catch bass, and I caught a few, and uh, I sat it down to grab a sandwich, and I don't know, I was sitting there 10, 15 seconds, and uh, my rod boat over and almost went out of the boat. I grabbed it, it was like a 12-pound catfish, I'm like, hmm. So Wesley Fail is Jesse, is really good friends with him, Jesse O'Neill, and mm-hmm. I, I love Wesley, he's, he's a great friend, and uh, he ran into me on the river, we were talking, went for a little swim, and I told him I caught that 12-pounder, he's like, man, there's, there's biggins in here. I'm like, well, how big? And he told me, I was like, hmm. So the bass rod pretty much went on the rack, and I, I went after a uh, catfish here. I catfished back in North Carolina um, when I when I lived there, but it's mostly channels. They didn't have any blues there. Mm-hmm. That do now. Um, and it was, uh, you know, 10 pounds was probably the biggest one you'd catch down there. So to, to be able to hang into some of these blues has been a blast. Well, I'll tell you a little story about the Fox River. I've been fishing it for a long time. We've been living out in this area for at least 25 years. And I did your standard, you know, chicken liver, worm fishing, all of that. Caught a ton of channel cats. And then somebody showed me a picture of a flathead. 
and it was like a 25 pound flathead and i'm like those are in here and it, the rest was just, I had no idea. We're talking about years and years of fishing in a place, but until you get that, you know, get dialed in for a certain species, it's it's pretty much, you don't even know they're there. <laughs> I'd say I'm a little, um, that's probably, I'm a little weaker in the flathead area with angling than with blue. I got a better, I got a better handle on blues in the water I fish, you know. I yep. buy that everywhere. I haven't tried it. I feel like I'd be all right, but I don't know if I could win a tournament that's we true. have no we have no blues here where I live. So I have I'm still I still have yet to catch one. I, I've been I'm honest about it. I've never caught a blue catfish. I hope I'm get well, I hope to get one by the end of this month. I'm heading out to Ohio. We're gonna fish the Ohio River and see what happens there. This will be my second attempt at it, so wish me luck. Well, if you come down here, I'll take you, but you gotta I, I don't <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. I bet you have some good meals ready for me too while we're out. So well, I don't know about good, but meals. Man, I've seen I've seen you cook a ribeye out there. I have. I've done that, but uh, you know, I'm a I'm a man of many colors, man. I can do Vienna sausage and a ribeye and shrimp too. That'll work. I, you know what? I don't get the whole Vienna sausage crave, man. I, I, I I'm going to be honest with everybody here in chat. I'm not a big fan of a Vienna sausage. I don't know what it is. Well, Mark, I'll be honest with you, man. You probably shouldn't be a big fan of Vienna sausage. I grew okay. up because my dad was tight. And he a nice food to take out on the combine or the tractor with him. So he brought sardines and crackers. Or was sardines? That's or what we used to do. We used to do sardines and liver sausage. That was where my poor upbringing came from back in the day. We'd be bringing stuff like that, and my parents would bring, or my grandfather would bring head cheese of all things with us. So. Oh, that's rough, man. But I've had that too. But potted meat was a staple with my father too. And I think deep down, yeah, at least with men, I'm not sure about women because I haven't seen many women that eat potted meat. But I think mm -hmm. deep inside of every man is a is a uh, deep longing for mechanically separated chicken parts. That's I think so too. I think that's why bologna and hot dogs are such a fan amongst all men, women, men and women. That's yeah. mechanically as separated as it gets. As long as you can hide those bits and pieces, that's you good. can get the wife to try it. Usually, Palmetto Cats he can't, says he can't stand Vienna sausages, but he loves potted meats. What's <laughs> going on, Kevin? <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I could eat either one of them. I mean, put them on a cracker, and, you know, it's not bad. But Ryan Bort says he, he he lives on them things. Well, he's he's out there all the time, so I can't say blame Mike Sampy. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Um, what is what exactly is potted meat? When I hear potted meat, I think of spam. Are we talking the same thing? Well, I'll make a deal with you. You don't have time on your live show for me to read the ingredients uh, thing, but you're talking about like chicken lips, you know, chicken butts, and. Yeah, I mean, whatever is thrown in that thing, and they put a lot of salt on it to cover a multitude of sins, I think. Uh, well, what's the saying from Snooter to, to from Rooter to Tudor, right? Bad, dude. That's probably <laughs> in there. I'm not sure. <laughs> all right, let's get back to fishing here, all right, real quick. Um, so you're basically a kayak man now, right? You do a lot of kayak fishing? Yeah, I do. My, I got my roots in whitewater. I did a lot of whitewater mm -hmm. kayaking when I lived in Maryland. Um, okay. Right. I was very near the tri-state area, West Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland. So I had a like, uh, paddling Mecca there. So I started in that and I loved fishing. So put the two together and it just made sense. And there you go. What kind of kayak are you running for the people watch, listening? I have, uh, I have a Ascend 128T. There's a 128, but the 128T is 13 feet long and has, uh, the yak power system in it, which is, basically a five switch system where they have plugs already in it that are 12 volt, 12 volt SAE 
mm-hmm. plugs that you can plug in lights or whatever. They they have adapters, pigtails you can wire on there. But yeah, it's, so it's does a it deep, come with a battery compartment ready to mount one in. What's that? Does it come with a battery pr- compartment ready to mount one in? It's got a it's got a compartment. I don't know if it's a battery compartment, but it's it's big enough. It's, they call them all storage compartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some of the new ones, they're they're making it that way. But I uh, I found a way to make it work in mine, but it was pretty tight. And I think the challenge sometimes is where they put those storage compartments for weight distribution. If you don't mm-hmm. have the funds available for a lithium battery, which is you know a lead acid that's a hundred amp hours is going to run you, you know, 65, 70 pounds. And uh, lead acid, I mean, uh, you know, a uh, lithium battery is going to run you about 25 pounds. So it's a big difference. So if you got a lead acid, really, you have to really have to be precise on where you place it. For, uh, so, so you are running a trolling motor then, correct? I am. And I, I don't um, I don't prefer the trolling motor. The only reason I put it on, I get a lot of questions on this on a video I made, um, you know, my DIY trolling motor thing. Um it's I don't prefer the trolling motor. It's a time thing for me. I, I don't have all the time in the world. Um, and I want to spend more time fishing than paddling upstream. And I usually go upstream from where I put in. Mm-hmm. So I can put it downstream when I'm done and then just take out and get in my car. So I'm fighting, you know, 1,500 to, you know, 10,000 CFS trying to go upstream. So it, sometimes it can take an hour. To get. Not to mention, not to mention the wind. That was probably one of the reasons why I ended up getting a bigger boat is because I got tired of paddling up again, upstream against the wind. And uh, I had a, a a Jackson big rig, and I know you're probably familiar with the size of one of those. I am. Yeah, I was. That was a lot of work. Coming back was easy, and it was a lot of fun. And I really liked hooking into a big catfish on there. But man, sometimes that wind, or you got caught in a storm or something, that'd make it. That'd re- give you a workout. Wesley, uh, Wesley Phil has a big rig, an older uh, Jackson big rig, and uh, mm-hmm. fun, fun thought. Uh, I actually, I actually met EJ or Eric, J- Eric Jackson uh, a few times on the Potomac River where I used to paddle. Nice. He's a guy that uh, he was a whitewater Olympian playbook, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that ended up uh, making Jackson kayaks because he's an angler too. And I didn't know that when I when I met him then, but kind of funny. I, I didn't know he'd be making fishing kayaks. Yeah, he is. I actually met him at a um, a demo days out here in Rockford, Illinois, uh, back when I was choosing between my which kayak to buy, and it was between a a, a Jackson and a, um, a, what is it, the one that Spencer uses, uh, the New Frontier, New Canoes. Right. And uh, when he found out I was kind of mixed up, he, he gave me a 25-quart uh, Orion cooler to sweeten the deal. So I got lucky with that one too. Dang, so everybody awesome. keeps drooling after this cooler. They don't know that I didn't pay for the darn thing. I got it directly from him. So that was pretty cool. I would, I would say, uh, with the, with the, um, ascend one twenty eight T that's a, that's a really cheap way to get into a kayak when you're my size. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge, like a real big guy. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of a six, four, about you know 235 pounds something like that so it's it for me that boat i'm i'm maxing the limit out on with gear and that thing that i should ever be in that kayak it's uh i don't know if most people would feel comfortable in it you know the jackson big rig mm-hmm. wesley fail can walk from the front to the back he can stand front to the back. back he can stand on the bow on that day if you went if you tried to stand up on mine and walk to the bow you're going in a drink man so it, that's it, exactly what he that is exactly what he did during the demo day to show how stable it was when I had my concerns. So I witnessed it firsthand. I witnessed him do that firsthand. So 
That, yeah, it's they're ridiculously stable. And I, I mean, I haven't actually demoed a lot of kayaks. You know, it's kind of hard to do. Hey, can I borrow this for a day or something? Because you know, I'm nobody to most dealers. So that's it's. Uh, I wish I could take them out first and try them. But I, I would recommend this at least for people. Uh, I need a boat that's twice my, that its maximum capacity is twice my weight. Mm-hmm. So this one's rated for 350 I'm in now. I need something that's 500 um that that's going to make me feel a lot more comfortable in the winter time in the summer i don't care you know what i mean if if i flip over, I, i'm i can get back in the boat i don't have to deal with reason and um i don't want to lose my gear i mean that hurts my feelings pretty bad if i have to do that i haven't lost any yet so have you have you put have you have you went in a drink yet and lost anything Are you well you haven't lost anything but have you gotten them wet yeah one one time I've, i mean I've been fishing um, out of a kayak, even one a lot smaller than that for a long time. But my, I slipped uh, my anchor. The water had raised from about, I think it was like 3,500 CFS. It started rising and never stopped and went up to about 8,000. And I was uh, I was anchored. And, you know, your anchor line, if, if it's 1,500 and starts rising, your anchor line's doing this. It's drawing your boat backwards a little bit. And I wasn't paying attention because I had just caught a fish and my anchor pulled loose. And when it pulled loose, I was trying to pull it as fast as I could to get it in so it wouldn't drag the bottom and hang up and jerk me. Well, uh-huh. uh, it caught on a big rock and it pulled me broadside. And uh, it, there was hardly any time to do anything. I should have cut the rope right then, but it was summer and I figured I can I can save it. I ain't gone in the drink yet. I can do it. And it didn't work out. Yeah, you always overestimate your until you get in trouble. I've been in that position a couple of times. Well, thank goodness that you made it out of that one, but I can definitely see. I've heard people have that happen with, with boats, actually, smaller boats and stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, I looked, uh, you kind of look like a walrus trying to climb up on an iceberg getting back down. <laughs> now, the Catawba River, how big is that river? Um, well, are you talking width or are you talking about, you know, actually length and stuff like that? Uh, but both actually we got plenty of time <laughs> i don't even know how many miles it is long but i know it starts up uh i believe it's lake james coming out of the mountains up by Lenville gorge in north carolina and it goes all the way to the coast man pours out in the ocean there um i don't know i don't know all the tributaries but i know it's like lake james lake norman lake wiley fishing creek uh watery and santee and there's probably some stuff in between that i don't even know about yet but and then it runs the ocean. It's a it's a pretty long river, and there's a lot of variety on it. It's dammed in several mm-hmm. places, and um, a lot of different characteristics. You got the part in the mountains. It's a whole different type of river up there, and you got the ones one down here, which is just Piedmont, South Carolina, and it's just uh, some rocks and some hills and some flat, and it's just it's just uh, it's pretty nice topography here. So it's pretty diverse, you're saying, right? How's how about the fish population? I imagine where it starts in the mountains, you might you might have trout and such, and it it probably changes as it goes down, correct? Yeah, and I you know I like uh, I just recently got into fly fishing a couple of years ago. My buddy Dean, this in some of my videos, he taught me how to do it. I, I love it; it's really fun. And caught my first rainbow uh, with fishing with Big Nasty Jeff Anderson. They they took me up in the mountains with them, and we fished uh, in the mountains of North Carolina, but. Yeah, there's there's trout and stuff up there, but uh, it, as you move down, I mean, again, you have you have the typical things that are in South Carolina, the white perch. You got largemouth bass. Um, you have uh, there's striper. There's uh, there's not a lot of striper. I haven't caught one myself in the river. I did catch, I think, what was a hybrid that was about a pound on a Gulf Minnow time right in the Catawba there, and that was mm-hmm. the only one I've ever caught. 
but they're I guess they're in there. I've never targeted them though, but they're, they're not thick in there for sure. But all the panfish series, bluegill, I mean, uh, species mm-hmm. bluegill and brim, sunfish, all that kind of stuff. There's uh, the catfish, of course, flathead, blues, channels, and uh, in some places, bullheads. But in the Catawba, where I'm at, not really. I haven't, I haven't mm-hmm. caught any of those or seen many of them. Uh, gar, a lot of needle gar in there, and uh, I'm probably missing about. Yeah, four hundred. Yeah, no, we we if we got into like all the minnows and the daces and all that, we'd be here I, for a long time. I would say, I would say, from living in North Carolina, living in Maryland, living in Missouri, and living here, I, I think that uh, South Carolina is a really rich fishery. Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited that I live here because it's a. I'm really close to a lot of uh, some pretty epic places to fish. There, there's so many. Th- so many great places to fish out there. I see so many pictures, so many YouTube channels. I was kidding around with Jeff Manning saying, what's in the water out there that makes everybody, you know, want to get on YouTube and catch all these big fish. So, yeah, so they're not spending that much time other places. So it must be a great time, great place to fish over there. It's, it is. A, I think I haven't lived here for 10 years. I mean, people like James, uh, the, the, the James uh, lives in James Smith. He lives in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people here. Jeff Anderson, he's lived in South Carolina his whole life. I mean, they probably know, they could tell you a whole lot more about the fishery and how it's changed and what's what used to not be here and what species are here now, things like that. Um, and I've heard uh, Strawberry, what was it? Um, I forget his name. That was on a couple of shows. He was he was awesome talking about some of the history. And, mm-hmm. it and uh, you know, he, he's got some age on me. And he's uh, he had a lot of wisdom, man. A lot of cool stuff I didn't know about the history in the Catawba when blues actually entered the scene and stuff. James Smith has talked about that a bit too. It's interesting. That's definitely a place that I would enjoy fishing in. Uh, uh, besides you, I know uh, doesn't Robbie fish on the Catawba River? It does and in one of my videos, uh, I threw him up there on it because I came out. It was literally it wasn't even seven a.m. yet, man. And in, in the summer, and they're out there on the rocks. Him and two friends fishing so i came up and talked to them and uh they actually had seen my youtube channel which was kind of cool but i gave them some bait and some um carolina rigs some stuff like that but you know that's one thing that they were fishing but robbie's just got a uh he's got a really good personality he's um he's hungry to learn stuff and he he, is he's a passionate fisherman he's got it bad dude i mean i told his dad i was like dude you got it bad (laughs) (laughs) you better watch out you better watch out brian he's coming for you man yeah, man, I, I want to see him land a big old 50, 60 pounder out of there, man. I, I can't wait. I mean, it's, I, I, I hope he gets it on video because that would be a blast to watch. Not only the fight, but watching his reaction once he gets that thing up on shore. I can I can imagine that's going to be a great one. Robbie's a great oh. kid. He is the future at catfishing. So uh, mega kudos to you for supporting him. I know you guys all take good care of him down there, and, and I think that's a great, great thing. So yeah, that's cool. he's a great kid. I, ta- I talked to his parents about uh, when they feel comfortable with it. I'd love to take him out in a kayak. Mm-hmm. He could get in a boat, you know, and as long as he went with somebody while he's young like this, it's, uh, you know, and took some precautions. I mean, it's going to open up a whole lot more ground for him. And I don't know if that'll be good or bad for his parents. <laughs> you know, how, how old is Robbie? I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss when that, that happens. He was 12 when I met him. He's probably 13 now. Okay, so he'll be doing all right because I know right around 13 or so, that's when, the let's say, in Boy Scouts, they start teaching him kayaking and stuff. So. Yeah, man. Hey, that can might- you favor I think my air condition like is off and I'm about to die. Do you guys yeah, people you want to say hi to? Because I'm gonna go turn it on real quick, brother. Yeah, I'll I'll go through real quick. We'll pause the podcast here. We'll pick it up when you get back. So let me say hello to a bunch of people who came in. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys, this is what this is what live, live, live YouTube is like. Uh, Tree Limb Fishing, I think I said hello to you. Let me take a real quick look. Alicia, uh, what's going on, Alicia? She says her internet is messing up. I'm sorry to hear that. Hopefully it clears up, Alicia. Uh, Epic came in. I think I said hello to Epic. Hello, Jesse O'Neill, John Boy's Catfishing, uh, Lance McKaggy, uh yeah, McKaggy, what's going on, Lance? Uh, Parker's still in the house. Weekend Angler just came in. Uh, want to be outdoors, what's going on? Uh, if you haven't hit the thumbs up, I'd really appreciate it. If you're not a subscriber, I'd really love for you to subscribe. If anybody's out there and you have access to whether it's YouTube, Instagram, anything like that, I would love to share. Be awesome. All right, now we have air. Perfect. Welcome, welcome back. I can totally understand. It's it's getting a little warm in here, but uh, uh, I think we'll be all right. So are you at home or are you at your studio? I'm at home, but uh, it looks like a studio, but, you know, walls. Look, that's how close it is. Ah, okay. This is yeah, underneath pretty- the stairs, and I built it for my son. Who am I to brothers around upstairs? Um, <laughs> I built it for my son for a gaming room, and he was trashing it. So I'm like, it, you're out. I'm commandeering. Bye. It looks perfect. It looks really good. You got it set up real nice with your logo back there. I got to pick. A, I got to find something for back here. I'm kind of waiting on a sign, but that's a whole other story. I do want to say hello to to uh, um, Becca, Miss Mudtramp. What's going on, Becca? I want to make sure I didn't miss you. So, and Catfish Weekly. There's Lyle, and Lyle says hello, Brian. Lyle, <laughs> what's going on? So, where were we? We were talking about Robbie and the youth of fishing, which is cool. Um, so. Uh, uh, you wanted to bring up a little bit that uh, you're you're officially back in YouTube. You're going to start putting more videos out and stuff. Did you want to address anybody who had any questions as to uh, where you've been, anything like I that? I would love to. I would love to. I um, I hadn't intended on taking any time off. Um, it just And I didn't really say anything to anybody. And I've been in some of the live shows, but I just haven't said anything in chat because I knew I would have to answer a bunch of questions. Uh, and I didn't want to do it in chat, you know, and I didn't want to get that as part of the show. Um, if people were asking, but people have asked in comments on some of my videos and uh, I really appreciate uh, people asking, but really what's happened is that, you know, with five kids, I had like three birthdays coming at the same time. I had three kids that just got a driver's license at the same time. I had three kids get jobs in the span of like a month. And uh, now we're figuring out getting a new car, anyway, not a new car, but a beater for them to you know, bang around for these jobs. And it's just, uh, it seemed like the right time for me, and I and I wanted to take not not a break. I'm not burnt out with YouTube. I love YouTube. Like I love the community. I've had a lot of fun with it. It's been a, a huge, uh, it's been a huge outlet for me, and the community's been really really friendly, which is awesome. But uh, I also like that. So I like editing. I mean, I'm not a professional. I'm not awesome at it, but I love doing it. And I love vlogging my own stuff and going back and looking at it with my kids. And that's where it started. I was mm-hmm. making videos because I mean. If you do stuff alone forever, it's really boring if you don't have anybody to share it with. Yeah. And I, I love bringing it home and showing my kids what I catch. And um, they're the ones that told me, like, man, you should start a YouTube channel. But anyway, um, I needed, I needed, uh, I wanted to take a step back 
and really look at my channel and where I was, where I wanted to go with it. And um, I'm sure a lot of you think about that that may have YouTube channels. And a lot of you that don't have YouTube channels may wish you saw something that you're not seeing on our, on our channels, all the guys that maybe you follow in fishing world or wherever. But for me, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of looking at the things I want to combine, uh, combine and consistently put in my content and my videos. What, what I think, um is exciting and i you know everybody's catching fish on videos um and I, and what's what can we what can we do even as a community not just me it's no big secret where i'm gonna you know have some awesome thing that i'm doing and nobody else mm -hmm. i'm not really saying that i'm just looking well how can we reach the younger demographic how would they like that would they like to watch our videos or are we so dated that maybe they don't you know i, I try to look at things like that and i'm in production too and again, it doesn't mean I'm great at it, but I do think about it a lot. And I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, look for an angle where I can really uh, do some do some good intros and give you an idea of where we're going in a video. I want to show you some fishing and a lot of the scenery. Um, I also want to share some. You know, I think a lot on the river. Um, I have time to ponder and think things. I'm alone. I'm in a kayak. It's quiet, um, and I love it. So it's really just you know, awesome to me. It's one of my favorite things to do, but I don't actually talk about what's on my mind a lot. And I won't ever talk about all of it, but mm -hmm. some of it, I think it would be pertinent to our videos. And I've shared, I've done a little bit of that with voiceovers in the last two or three videos. And I, I enjoyed making those. And it was, uh, it was something that was actually in my heart that I felt like I wanted to share about fishing or about um, just finding, finding relief, de-stress, you know, de-stressing a little bit in your life and just, uh, taking time to enjoy stuff. I did traffic in our mind never stops. It stops, is, never does. It's, it's just nice to be able to dial back and uh, try not to give a crap about anything, even catching a fish sometimes, you know, which is hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I was given the, um, the recommendation to uh, try and do something a little more artistic to kind of quiet the mind a little bit, kind of use it as meditation and being creative. I found is, you know, I, you know, if you look above my shoulder, there's some guitars up there. I'm terrible. The guy who, my buddy who taught, who's trying to teach me how to play guitars said, maybe you should stick to something visual is what he told me. <laughs> so pretty much this is where I'm at. I'm trying to do that, but I just bring this up to, so the people out there in, in, in chat realize that, you know, Hey, it, it can be a good way to quiet that those voices in your, in your mind that are telling you to get the kids to school, you know, make sure you get the, the lawn cut, make sure you get that promotion. What do you have to do to get that promotion? How do I save up enough money to retire? Sometimes you got to quiet those voices. And I have found that, you know, being as little bit as artistic as I am to, to help that, would you, would you agree with that? I, I would agree with it. And I think, you know, internationally cultures, that have art it reflects in their culture big time it's a, it is a it's a release for people and i think everybody has somewhat of an artistic chip so to speak i mean i'm a i'm a guitar player too i don't play electric play acoustic um for a couple decades now i'm not awesome either but i can get around on it uh, i've always singer songwriter i've done i've always been an artist and i've always appreciated art that i'm not good at you know that i mm -hmm. people painters um you know, I, I love looking at that stuff too. And I, I got a, a lot of different things I like, but in the, in the uh, art part of what we do, I think uh, there's a lot of people, not a lot, but I see a few channels that definitely are pushing the limits with that, but I, it, not everybody wants to do that with their channel. And that's fine. But you know, some people just want to vlog their stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
classic example, in my opinion. I mean, I love uh, Justin Kayak Catfish. I've watched this stuff forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he's he uh, he's got a routine. He does his stuff the way he does it. He's shaking it up a little lately with some bass fishing and some other things, salt water. Right. But um, you know, he vlogs. He vlogs and he gives some education on there, and that's that's you know, it works for him. Um, I think there's I think there's a few other people that maybe just can't stop there. And if you can't stop and you got to keep trying stuff, it's it's generally because you got that chip or something in you that doesn't want to settle for that. And I I don't I may not be able to pull off what I think, but somebody will. Somebody somebody will do it. We'll see YouTube change and fishing videos change over the next decade or so quite a bit, I think. Yeah, Keith pretty much gave me the advice which amounted to don't worry, be crappy, but not in so many words. But it's kind of uh, kind of translated to that, and it's probably what's some of the best advice I've gotten. So anybody out there listening, whether you're just vlogging, to me, uh, you know, being able to vlog well is still an art form. Being able to interview well is an art form like Lyle's been doing for how many years? Being able to, to catch fish and give a backstory as well. It's it's all its different types. So anybody out there who who's who's creating in my eyes, you guys are artists and you guys are awesome. Keep doing it. I just wanted to add that, Brian. That's give everybody a little bit to to, to shoot at. I love, shoot that. I love that because it, it's you're you're talking about variety and mm-hmm. things in general. I mean, when I look at Kevin's show, you know, he, he does things differently. And I think he does it well um, than, than other, some other live shows I've seen. Your show is unique. Your personality is different. Your voice is different. I mean, all that stuff is, uh, if I didn't have those and I was just waiting on something that was cutting edge, which I don't, or different, or mm-hmm. artsy, that's not really what I'm trying to communicate. I'd be bored. So all the personalities and the variety, it gives us a lot of things to choose from. And that's one of the beauty, you know, things that are beautiful about YouTube and social networking in general. Absolutely. And thank you very much for the kind words. And you're absolutely right about everything you just said. All right, Kevin Baker, Nuts and Bolts Fishing. What's going on, Kevin? He wants to know, so Brian, you fish from Wiley to Waterley was his question? Water, Yeah, Wiley to Waterley. You know, I have not fished Waterley yet. I don't know. Like I said, I'm pretty, I'm pretty busy like most people. and it's just uh, for me, man, I, I feel guilty sometimes even asking my wife to go somewhere like down to CNT or something. Cause I'm going that far. I'm staying for a couple of nights. You know what I mean? And I, I, I just, know if I'm going away from my family, I got to make it real worth it. Cause I'm leaving her with a whole handful here and she works full time too. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole lot going on, but I, yeah, I would love to fish watery, but, uh, and on down to Santee and some of that and try it sometime. But my, my main places I fish are Lake Wiley. And the Catawba River below Lake Wiley Dam, all the way down to Route Nine, and some of you guys may know where that is if you're in South Carolina. I'd say a probably a probably a 25 mile stretch of the Catawba. I fished different parts of that. Cool. David Martin says you should watch him eat snacks for a video with no sound, just the movement. Oh I'm man! Guessing, is... <laughs> so you do that, David? That's really weird, man. But that I, is weird. About you. <laughs> I try to make uh, try to make gas station food sexy again. That's what I'm shooting for. Uh, I kind of just lost a couple of them. I'm kind of scrolling through here. Laura the Explorer, welcome, welcome. I see Dieter Melhorn's in here. What's going on, Dieter? Thanks for checking out tonight. Uh, we got a. Uh, Kelly says, don't discredit your skills. Your videos are very sharp. Quality has always been good. Plus, a good snack humor, and you got a good sense of humor. So, excellent videos. Only reason I did that was Jeff Anderson fishing with Big Nasty. He he's like, dude, that's funny. You should leave it in there. I'm like, man, I ain't leaving that in there. And my wife's like, are you stupid? What are you doing? 
Oh my gosh. She was like, I can't believe you're going to put that on. So I did it. It was hilarious. I thought it was funny. I was just messing around with editing. It was just funny to watch myself. <laughs> it turns out it's, it's, it's good. It's different. Those guys have a good time. How do you like fishing with them? I know you spent a little time with them, correct? Yeah. With, Dave, with David and Jeff? I have Je- David, I've fished on his boat, I think, twice, either once or twice. Uh, but we've, we've spoke quite a few times because he and Jeff talk a lot, too. And they're good friends, so we we just kind of got to know each other. And I I, I want to fish more with David. That's a flathead machine right there. I know you ain't kidding. I think he stalled a little bit there for a while, but he's uh everybody hits you know that kind of wall sometimes. Man, he's he's really caught you know a lot of flathead out of Wiley. I love watching some of his stuff on Facebook that he pulls out. But Jeff uh, Jeff to me is probably probably one of my best friends uh, I'd say in this area and. Uh, it's funny. I met him on YouTube, man. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first ones that was encouraging me on YouTube and, you know, talked to me. I found out he lived close here in Rock Hill. So I met him for breakfast one morning and, um, man, we just, yeah, we just hang out a lot. He's a hoot, man. I can definitely relate to that. I've got some really good friends that I met through, through Facebook, some, some local, some not so local. I mean, people that live, you know, not far away from me, we right. kind of hooked up through Facebook and, and it's been, you know, uh, full. I wanted to say the beat of the wall word, but I'm not going to say that. It's been full speed ahead since then. We've been having a lot of fun. We've been doing a lot of fishing and stuff, and it, it's always great to find like-minded individuals. So if you're out there, touch bases with the people in your community, especially out here in the catfishing community. Be good to go. So uh, let's see. Uh, Dieter says he likes all the sound baffling and the. F- Flint Hills in Flint Hills too. Oh, the the baffling. All right, he's 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 Thank having. St- yeah, studio envy. I was telling uh, Mark earlier, Dieter, my my son. I made this into a gaming room for him. This was his. I'm underneath of my stairs, so I mean, I ain't got no room in here. I'm a big guy, but it works. And he was trashing the room, so I kicked him out and took it. <laughs> made it a little editing room. We also have Twisted Fishing TV says the man's beard is trimmed to perfection. I know how hard that can be. I have to admit, you do a pretty good job at trimming that sucker. Wow. Any secrets to share with me? Gray hairs do whatever they want, so you know. Yeah, pretty much. Mine are getting grayer and grayer. You should see them in the sunlight; they look white as heck. I turned about three inches off of it about a month ago, and I've kept. Yeah, I took, I took two inches off of mine just two weeks ago. It's been kind of crazy. So anyway, we'll do. That'll be my next. That'll be my next YouTube channel, Beard Care One Hundred and One. I'll have you for a guest on there too. How's that sound? We can do that. Almost got on a beard was that long, so I was like, "Come on, babies!" Got to go for that mountain man look. So, what are you planning for the future for your channel? Yeah, man. I, I, as I was sharing earlier, I, I actually didn't finish what I was talking about because uh, I got. And I apologize for that. No, that was me. I'm Bunny Trail Master, brother. But um, yeah, I I have been. It's time I've taken off. Um, I know it hurts me on the algorithm. And somebody said, "Man, your algorithm's gonna," you know. This I said, "Man, I got an algorithm at home that's really important, and this isn't my living." Um, it's enjoyable to me. And if I can't keep it that, I'm not going to do it. Um, cause I already do production for a living in the audio realm and I work video people all the time. And I don't, you know, it's not something I wanted to do anyway, but I have enjoyed it. Like I said, it's been an outlet that's given me a lot of, a lot of joy. I enjoy it. But I, for the channel, I'm really, I really want to see what it looks like more to put on video, taking people with me on an adventure and what it looks like on the river. And I think I'm lucky because it's a good fishery it's beautiful 
Um, I mean, I think the Catawba is beautiful and uh, it's peaceful. And I'm in a kayak, which is, you know, a little bit unique. It won't be unique very long. A lot of people are, tons of people are doing it. It's got channels now, but um, I just, I just want to try to, I want to, I want to make it like you're with me in the boat. And I was talking to you, not just a vlog. I'm not really a vlog guy. I'm not an educational guy. You might learn something from me, but it's only because I learned it from somebody else on the channel. Probably, you know what I mean? I'm not a, I, I know what a professional fishing fisherman is a professional angler. I'm not angler. I'm not one. I know that I know people that are, and I know what it takes to be that. And I don't have the time or the uh, tenacity to put that much work into being a professional angler. So I really want to take people with me that can't go, um, which I do through you guys. I do it through Dieter. I do it through, you know, I, I mean, all the channels out there, James, everybody else, live shows, whatever, but especially the videos where people are fishing. I mean, I definitely live vicariously through that when I can't go fishing. Um, there's a reason that all your notifications come up all day long on my phone, guys. <laughs> so I watch, I can totally agree with that. Um, without getting into too many details, I've spent many, many hours for, for various reasons, not because of myself, but because of like family members and stuff right. in hospitals and fishing pretty much carried me through all of that. Just watch it on YouTube and stuff. So anybody out there who's doing it, who's been doing it for a while, I just want to say thank you. I do have a question. You did mention that you want to take people out there that can't. Want to be outdoors, says he has a lifetime Yukon 16 uh, foot, and it's his first kayak. His mobility is not as good as others. What advice would you give for setup, equipment, or anything else? Yeah. How's that for a segue? Look at that. I'm getting good at this, Brian. I am telling you, I'm not familiar with that vessel, but, but I'll say this, um, and I don't know what your mobility limitations are, um, but I'd say this, if if – if you're your weight, if you're a big guy, again, I'm 235, 6'4", so I'm a bell buoy on a kayak. I'm tall. Um, the width really helps me, but because I've kayaked for a long time, I can deal with a narrow boat. Um, make sure your weight capacity, um, it, make sure the, the maximum weight capacity on that boat is going to, you're going to have a lot of freedom to add gear on there. And I, I'd say for me, at 235 pounds, I would, I want a 500 pound maximum capacity on my boat that's going to give you a lot more stability because you keep pushing that thing down in the water um and you're going to get in trouble um the, the other advice i would say is if you're not if you don't have any experience kayaking and you're learning to kayak make sure that you learn to kayak before you learn to fish out of a kayak because if you're like me i can't think about too many things at one time but kayaking was like walking for me because I did it for so long on whitewater. So the fish was a natural thing since I was an angler. Anyway, I put two together and loved it. But uh, the thing is, if you're trying to fish, if you get distracted and you get on water, you shouldn't be on, you're going to get hurt or you could lose your life. Um, it can happen quick. And so I, I would say be very, very careful and to learn some of the basics first. Get some lessons if you need to. You don't have to take a course for a month on it. Go to a couple lessons. Read The internet's full of stuff now and full of crap too, some of it, if I'm could say yep. that. I would say get a good book or a reputable resource to show you some of the basics and paddling and put it into practice and some of the safety things. Um, the next thing, if you can't get back in your boat when you fall out, you need a bigger boat. You need a boat that you can't fall out of. If you fall out of that kayak, you have to be able to get back in it um, because you could be hurt when you fall out. And uh, if you're in the water, I mean, you're in trouble, especially, and I'm alone a lot when I fish. People pass me by, there's hours I don't see anybody sometimes. 
which is great. But if something happens, you have you need to be you need to be prepared for it. So there, there's a lot more I could say to that, but it would it would take a long time. I'm actually going to do a, a more comprehensive video on safety at some point because you know I I got slacked off. I had no life jacket on that video that I flipped over him when my anchor caught and pulled me broadside. Um, but it made me think. The only reason I made a safety video out of it because I was very embarrassed. Actually, I wasn't going to put the video out. Um, I didn't want I didn't want to catch a bunch of crap from people and I, you right. know, so I, but I, I decided to do it because when I looked at the footage, I was I didn't put my hooks back on the hook retainers. I had hooks hanging in the water and my feet were inches from eight out circle hooks. Yeah, and I'm squatting and, and paddling trying to get back in the boat like a madman uh, just so I could get back in the boat and get my my gear in place. And I wasn't looking at those hooks. If that thing had gotten me in the foot. And my rods were still in the rod holder. Um, it would have been. It would have been. There's a. There's a dozen ways that could have gone. That ever wrong. Self rescue would have been even more difficult. So, um, and if it was winter, you'd be dead. I mean, it'd be very hard. It'd be very hard to get out of a situation like that. Also, basically, always wear your PFD, especially in a kayak. Correct. Hey, thanks, Dieter. Appreciate that, man. All right, Catfish Kyle just popped in here. I also see, uh, hey, Hooked Catfish, what's going on, Jonathan? I want to shout out to him. Uh, I think I didn't miss any Twisted Fishing TV. I'll say hello to D again. I'll say hello to Betty again because I always have to. Um, all right, cool. So uh, um, what's your PB blue cat? Um, Everybody likes to know what they are. Yeah, man, 56 pounds is the biggest one. I've come close to it a couple more times over the years. That was probably uh, three and a half years ago. And um, that that was a nice fish, man. I mean, that was like, it blew me away. That day was very special, too. And I actually made a video on it. Um, it's it's demon- It can't be monetized because... I put my, um, I put somebody else's song on it, but I didn't care. I wanted to put it on there and said, you know, they're going to make the money off any royalties from it. One right. of my videos was basically a slideshow with a song on it. And my, I took my boys down to the river in the winter. It's 28 degrees outside. I, I, my first son, Joshua, caught a 32 pounder. 30 minutes later, my son, Brandon, caught a 47 pounder. And about an hour later, I caught a 56 pounder from the bank in the winter. And uh, we were like, dude, man. So that, that was my, that was one of the largest catfish that I've caught, but I've caught probably uh, probably ten to twelve that were at that fifty pound class. I had a river near back in there swimming, and uh, hopefully, unless somebody ate them <laughs> or took them out. That's cool. Yeah. So CPR, the big ones, it's always a motto amongst the community, which is a good idea. But do you partake in any of the smaller catfish? Oh yeah, I do, but I don't eat a lot of them. I mean. Again, if you look at the gas station food I eat my videos, one catfish out of the river a month is not going to be worse for me than I can promise you that. You know, Slim Jim versus a catfish. Look, I mean, come on, man. Uh, Somebody you, asked me, they're like, you eat fish out of that river? I'm like, I eat barbecue, I drink whiskey, and I have a bad habit to have a cigarette once in a while. You think a fish is going to kill me? I don't think so. Yeah, I, so, I went down to the river one time. Um, I made, I, I'd like to do more catching because they're a lot of work, man. Doing a catch mm-hmm. a lot of work. I did one, I was like, man. So I decided to do it in the winter. I guess it was a year ago or so. I don't know. It might be longer than that. But I went down with the sole intention of catching a dink and cooking it and making a fish taco with a cast iron skillet over a fire. So I did it on the river. And it was a lot of fun, man. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. And they're tasty when they're a little in the wintertime, especially like that. But Absolutely. When I catch them through the ice, I don't know if you know anything about that, but when you catch them through the ice, they're a little bit. They're pretty darn tasty, I have to admit. Chunky Cats, what's going on, Chunky? How you doing? Okay. 
he said hello to both of us. So he's saying hello to everybody in there. Peace, Smitty Outdoors. I want to say hello to him too. So very cool. Um, very cool. So you say you do production for work. How does that? Maybe you can give some of our creators, and there's plenty of them here in the chat, some tips on how to get better audio in their videos. Yeah, because let me clarify. Namely, me. I'm doing this for selfish reasons. So talking like you're talking to me, but. No, it's uh, I'll clarify a couple of things. I'm not an I'm not a producer. I work in production. Um, okay. Different breed of people all together, and I get paid a lot more than I do. Um, I'm an audio engineer by trade, but the uh, you talk about getting better audio for videos. It's, for your YouTube videos, yes. Yeah, it's it's there's so many variables, but I'd say generally speaking, and anybody else in comments that has some knowledge in this area feels free to speak up, but I. I think that getting, uh, if you're using a phone, proximity is your friend. If you're using a microphone, 90% of the time, proximity is your friend. Uh, you're going to get better audio and sound more like you if you don't have to turn something up to pick your voice up because it's way over there. If you mm -hmm. pick up everything else with that when you do it. So, uh, and, and it all depends on what camera you have and, and what, you know, can you control gain on microphones and all that? It, it's, uh, it's a little bit comprehensive to try to get in on something, you know, like a live show. But I, I'd say definitely, like, if you got a GoPro, let's just take that, for instance. What I do with my GoPros that works for me on my kayak, and which I think is great because I don't move on a boat like Dieter's or somebody else, people fishing on boats, you know. That's that's a little more complicated because you, you got to set your angles or where you're going to be, you know, when you're, and you got to be aware of that. With me, I'm sitting in a kayak, so i got a rear camera. A front front camera and I'm, I'm thinking about moving around so just to change stuff up but uh i try to keep it you know like that. i get good shots from a front and a rear camera and i keep a third gopro with me for fish releases and stuff on a, a little uh handheld guy but what i do is i run uh you have to buy an adapter for the gopros to make this work it's a microphone adapter uh lick the microphone yeah you're right, <laughs> you're right. Uh, most singers do that anyway. It seems like they eat it like ice cream cone. Anyway, <laughs> you have to buy an adapter. If you're not familiar with that, GoPro sells it. I don't buy the generic ones because I don't trust them. And they're like 50 bucks from GoPro, but it changes from USB-C over to a 3.5 millimeter plug. It's uh, either TRRS or TRS. I can't remember. It, one ends opposite. Yeah, the yeah. Well, one goes for an iPhone and one goes into a GoPro, it, right? Dirty and boring, but basically get the adapter. Put it on your GoPro and run, and you don't have to go get a Sennheiser or Shure. That go get a cheap, you know, microphone. These are GoPro footage. We're not doing like, you know, we're not on TV, man. This is GoPro footage, and and it it's good, 1080p, 4K, whatever you're shooting in. Uh, but I mean, if you can get that microphone close, it, it's going to be a lot better because uh, you know anybody that's done production at all or worked in in the video world knows that you know video without Audio, good audio is just surveillance <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day. <laughs> but microphones make a huge difference. I run them I run them all. I run my rear camera. It's wired. I'm not going to use wireless because I'm not dealing with batteries and recharging and all that. I run wired mics to right in front of my bait tray sitting in front of me. And there's, there's two of them there, two omnidirectional mics. And I got them about three feet from me. That way I can keep the gain down. I get good audio. And then I throw 256 gig cards in each one of my GoPros and I hardwire the power from the yak power in the kayak and it mm -hmm. runs away. I, I, mean, if I had to recharge batteries or change batteries and change SD cards. I would quit. 
because it's just too hard in the kayak. It is too hard, especially if you're using like those adapters and stuff. They're really getting away. You know, I use like the media mods on mine, and it just it's a nightmare to swap that stuff out. So I'll do the same thing you do. We got a lot of people making comments in here. Like Jonathan says that uh, Road makes a good mic. Dieter says we should get a. A shoe piece, Mike. <laughs> With a laughing after that, I think what that makes. Lyle <laughs> says lav mics are awesome. So we got a lot of good people. So if you guys are looking for audio advice, make sure you you holler at one of us. I use I use road mics and I kind of turn that that gain down and so I can edit my heavy breathing out and then I'll turn it up in production. I do the exact opposite you were talking about, but it works. So when I said omnidirectional mic earlier. I was mm-hmm. actually talking about a lav mic. I couldn't wear a lav mic in the kayak and I don't really need to have it on because I'm not walking nowhere. So mm-hmm. that's why I placed the lav mic three foot in front of me. Yeah, right on my bait tray. I, I didn't mention that earlier, but it's just a cheap lav mic and it, it, yeah. it works fine. It works good. Yeah, Jonathan gave me uh, advice once. I always use your audio from the closest GoPro, so that's kind of hard. It, it's not hard to do, but it took a while for me to get used to and stuff, but we managed to get it. This is about where it needs to be if you want. Yeah. Huh? Very cool. Four feet. Brian, thank you so much for your time. I had a blast talking to you, buddy. Is there anything you want to plug before uh, uh, we call it a night? Anybody want to say hello to anything like that? I, I just want to say thank you to everybody that watched tonight. I want to say thank you to you, Mark, for inviting me on. I'm honored. I appreciate it. It's always a lot of fun doing these things, and uh, I really appreciate it. I've been watching you for a long time on different people's shows, you know, because you're on several. But um, I'd really like to say thanks to all of my subscribers, man. I, you know, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm not dead. I just uh, there was there's some family stuff that really really needed tended to, and my, I got some teenagers. I wanted to take care of them, but. You guys, you guys helped me uh, get where I'm at now, and I just you, you're the ones that have encouraged me and keep inspiring me. So uh, content's coming, and I'm excited about putting it out. So hang in there. Very cool. Thank you for. I'm honored for having you. I'm honored for having all the guests out here. I really appreciate it. Uh, we had one last question by Matt over at Want to Be Outdoors. He wanted to know if there was a GoPro we'd recommend. Any of them, seven or plus, are good. Eights are a little more problem. If you can pick up a five, it'll do you fine. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean the seven, the sevens. If it's out in the sun, they're horrible. Um, I will say this real quick: you don't have to put a battery in those things. The the I have a five, a seven, and a nine, and I take the batteries completely out of them, and I just run them hardwired. That's external it. power. I do the same thing with my eights. Every now and then I'll have to reboot them because they have some software issues, but other than that, they work pretty good. I know sevens are solid and nines are something that I really don't want to have to sell three GoPros to have to buy three more. So people say that GoPros suck and they do in the camera world pretty much, but they get done what we need them to do. The deal is that they overheat so bad because they're waterproof. They're this big. What do you expect yeah. them to do is the way I look at it. People are like, they they suck, man. And I was like, dude, it's like, it's waterproof. How, I mean, they haven't, I don't even think they've perfected the technology to keep them cool yet. But that's, I mean, they overheat terribly. But sevens are the worst, in my opinion, for overheating. Bimini top works pretty good in my boat. I've noticed a big difference keeping it out of the sun. So make it. All right, everybody, I'm not going to keep you real long. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you're not subscribed uh, to Brian's channel, Flint Hill Catfishing, there's links down in my description. There'll be links in the description of the podcast. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you to everybody who gave me super chats. Thank you to the crew for your support. I really appreciate it more than you know. God bless. Have a great week. Get out and get some fish. And if you're a creator, get out and create, man. Have a good one. Thanks again, Brian.